Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. In this episode of the Energy Transitions podcast series, my colleague Jonathan Spencer-Jones speaks with Arlene Schwartz, CEO of Metroscope, on the current challenges that the power generation industry is facing. My name is Pamela Log, and you're listening to the Energy Transitions podcast. This episode is brought to you by Metroscope, a software as a service company with offices in France, Germany and the US. The company is committed to creating the best software for monitoring and diagnostics for industrial customers. They believe in sober and conscious industrial facilities, leveraging AI and operating experience to improve process efficiency, tackle maintenance costs and fight CO2 emissions. Aurelian, it's a great pleasure to connect with you today and discuss this pertinent topic. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. The power generation industry providing energy to the whole economy should be the first in line to achieve full decarbonisation. Every scenario towards net zero requires massive electrification of society, along with the transformation of our means to generate power in the upcoming 10 years. So power generation companies are seeking solutions to improve efficiency, lower environmental harm and reliably diagnose problems to tackle the maintenance costs. Can you tell us more about Metroscope and how it helps power generation companies in addressing such challenges, Aurelian? Uh, sure, Jonathan. So uh, Metroscope is a startup that was born technically on a power plant. Uh, what we did is to develop an artificial intelligence for uh, monitoring and diagnostics. Our goal at Metroscope is to understand everything that is happening on a nuclear plant or a gas plant or any kind of power generation plant and tell the operators uh, what they need to know about the state of the assets, uh, meaning that we will help them better operate, find maximum efficiency of the asset, but also better maintain the asset and we will enhance the maintenance decision um, through our diagnostics. So the goal is essentially to check the health of the plant and find the energy losses and any faults that can happen. And doing so, we are enhancing the operations and the performance of the power plants. So with Metroscope, essentially power plants operators, they have better understanding of what's happening. They know where they lose energy and they also know how to reduce their CO2 footprint. If I'm thinking of uh, fuel power plants like uh, gas power generation plants, by increasing the energy efficiency, I lower also the environmental harm of the power plants. So that is very important. So in, in terms of Metroscope's contribution to fighting climate change, if you can talk a little bit more about that and perhaps give us some key figures there. Metroscope is a diagnostic solution. So we find problems on power generation plants and we help maintenance people fix those problems. Last year, the problems we found accounted for a total of 2,000 gigawatt hour 
of energy missing. That's a lot of energy that is lost. Uh, it represents the equivalent of 6,000 Paris to New York flights in terms of energy and in terms of CO2 emissions. It's the average uh, energy that you need uh, for a city of half a million inhabitants, like Toulouse in France, for instance. So that's a lot of energy that is missing. And this is our contribution to the energy transition. We are finding every piece of megawatt that you are not generating uh, with your power generation assets. And, and, and we're just starting. So right now, I'm speaking about 70 power plants that we are equipping, but there are much more in the world, and we can have much bigger impact uh, if we get to deploy Metroscope on more assets. And we hear a lot about artificial intelligence and digital twins today. What What is your definition and, and the role of these? Metroscope is based on the concept of digital twin. So what is a digital twin? Uh, my easiest definition would be it's a digital replica of something real that can be a power plant, but that can be a process, uh, that can be an organization, that can be many different things. Uh, in the case of Metroscope, it's a functional model of the plant. It aims at simulating the normal behavior of the plant. So what we call a digital twin, it's a system of equation, like we have 10,000 equation in our mathematical system that helps us simulate the normal behavior of the power plant. But not only the normal behavior, but then we will add to our models all the problems that can happen, all the faults that can happen. And so we will be able to simulate both the nominal behavior of the plant when everything is working well, but also uh, the faulty behavior of the plant when you have a lot of problems that are happening. So that is what we will call the digital twin. The digital twin is that model that is running in real time, and we will be able to compare the power generation plants in real life and in the digital world the numerical replica of that asset in real time to compare and find the differences between the two. And since we have the ability in the digital twin to propagate all those scenarios of problems, we will be able to eventually find what is the scenario that is the most likely to happen on the actual real plant in the real world. In the startup scene, we call that a deep technology. Uh, it's a deep technology because it took us years of R&D because the power plants are very complex. And you just don't come up with a digital twin technology by doing a brainstorming with friends. Like it's something that you need uh, laboratories and R&D to work on. And we developed that very technology uh, within the laboratories of EDF in Paris, where you have more than 2,000 researchers working. And I was myself a researcher, actually, before starting Metroscope. I was doing mathematics for monitoring and diagnostics of powered plants. And, and what about the artificial intelligence side of the solution? Um, and what, what is Metroscope's main differentiation? And what is the sort of vision with you know, advanced or at least next generation AI? I was mentioning the digital twin. Uh, you have a digital twin that enable you to understand what is the normal behavior of the plant and what is the faulty behavior of the plant. But that's just the starting point because then uh, you need an AI that is leveraging that digital twin to actually provide you with the diagnostic results uh, and tell you what is happening on the plant. To do so, you need to interpret all the measurement that you see from the plant and get back to the digital twin and use what we call an inferential engine to understand what is actually going on. So this is really the whole thing is AI because the whole thing is 
how do I go from this very complex problem where I have uh, hundreds of sensors that are providing hundreds of measurements that are all not totally trustworthy to getting a solid, reliable uh, diagnostic. So this is our AI, and this is what makes us different. Uh, you, you asked me about how we differ from competition. We differ on a technological standpoint, literally, because you have a lot of players in the uh, monitoring and, and diagnostic domain. Uh, all the OEM are working in that domain. But what we really have that is different is our ability to uh, leverage additional training in real time and provide reliable diagnostics over like hundreds and hundreds of scenarios of faults that we are able to detect with high reliability and accuracy. And, and how many power plants have you worked with so far? So we created Metroscope five years ago, and in five years, we've equipped approximately 70 power plants, uh, mainly conventional power plants like gas plants and nuclear power plants. We have customers on three continents, essentially, in the US, France, and UK. We work in South Africa as well, but our main market is still Europe so far. We're currently investing in the US to get the uh, company incorporated because we have more and more customers in the United States. And we are more and more targeting as well the Middle East. Uh, and, and by the way, I will be uh, soon at the World Utility Congress to meet with the utilities of the Middle East uh, soon in, in Abu Dhabi. Do you have a strategy for the next, say, five to 10 years, given the wide scope that's potentially available? Yeah, well, definitely. So let me backtrack a little bit about our entrepreneur journey. We started Metroscope so five years ago, early 2018. We were three. Uh, at that moment, uh, we are essentially thinking of how to deploy our technology in, in a software so that we can equip the French nuclear power plants because they were, by definition, our first customer because we were working for them and we developed the technology along them. So when we started, we were three. Uh, five years later, uh, we are 50. Our technology is deployed, I was mentioning, on 70 power generation plants worldwide. Uh, we have 350 users, daily users, active users. That's a lot. We are detecting a lot of tower hour losses. So this is what we've achieved. So, so far, it's been a huge success story. Uh, and we've reached a point where we have offices in Paris, where I'm speaking from. It's our headquarters. And offices in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, close to Washington, D.C. And an office in Berlin as well to address the German market. So this is where we are right now. We are very happy about where we are, but definitely we don't want to stay there. So what is our strategy for the next years? Well, the strategy for the next years is essentially to keep growing and accelerate and be able to build Metroscope as a platform so that we can address the different industrial assets that we are targeting. I was mentioning we started with nuclear. We went to gas plants. Uh, we want to go to renewable power generation. We want to go to hydropower. We also are going on a cooling system of data centers, but cooling system, when you think of it, it's 50% of the energy consumption of the industry worldwide. So it's not only data centers, like you have cooling systems everywhere in the industry. That's uh, a lot of systems to equip. So our strategy is to go from that technology that we developed on nuclear plants and go step after step to the rest of the industry. And, and my key belief is that if every power plant in the world, just speaking about power plant, not even going in the rest uh, of the markets of Metroscope, were equipped with Metroscope, we would save 
every year thousands of terawatt hours. It's, it's tremendous because you can think that every power plant in the world is losing, I would say, something in the 1% of energy, which is a lot. Uh, if you account for all those 1% lost everywhere in the world, we can have a massive impact. Absolutely massive. And this is really what we are up to. So this is why I keep promoting Metroscope. And this is why uh, I turn myself in becoming almost a business developer. And this is why the whole strategy of Metroscope is to spread the word, promote the technology, and get as many people working with us because we feel we have an impact. Well, that, that brings me on to my next question. And, and you were a researcher and obviously the entrepreneurial, the business side has taken up a lot of your attention. So what, what do you consider yourself now? That's that's a tricky one. So I would say my first love was mathematics, if I can put it this way. So I, I essentially developed this technology that is still working in Metroscope. For those of you uh, who know a little bit about AI technologies, uh, we started with Bayesian network. So Bayesian network is essentially probabilistic networks that enable you to uh, propagate inference in a network of uh, cause and consequences and then get back to what is the root cause of, of something that you see, that you observe. And so I started developing those Bayes network uh, to try to understand what was the health, what was the status of the nuclear plant in France. I was working with that uh, on that with my two colleagues. So I was definitely a scientist at first. And I started like uh, coding in Python myself, and I, I've, I've caught a lot of pages in Python during the four years when we developed the technology. And then when we had the first results, this is where something I didn't even know about myself was that I had the entrepreneurial DNA as well. And I didn't know that about myself because I considered myself at that time a total scientist. So if you ask me like four or five years ago, uh, if I was more an entrepreneur or researcher, I would 100% say researcher. I would not consider myself an entrepreneur. But when you have the technology in your hands, when you see the power of it, because we were able to apply that instantly to the nuclear plants in France, we, we knew we had something. So this is where we had to go for the, the startup creation and I had to go from doing mathematics in my laboratory to speaking fundings and finance with investors. And, and I think I did quite well and I convinced EDF in France. So EDF stands for Electricity of France. It's the uh, main power generation utility in France. Uh, they own the 56 nuclear reactor of France. So, so we were working with them and, and I was able to convince them to invest and found the startup. So I was able to understand the people working with me, understand the customer's needs. And at the same time, being a scientist myself was definitely an asset because I was able to go deep into technological topics and also show that behind our offer, there was a technological promise that was very strong. Uh, so I went from being a scientist to being an entrepreneur, and, and, and to be honest, if I look at uh, where I am today, well, I'm leading a company of 50 with offices uh, over two continents and definitely not having any time to do mathematics anymore. Uh, and, I, and sometimes I miss that, to be honest. Uh, but I also know that I have the best team to take care of the technology, and I, and I even would say that they are much better than I ever was. So I know that the technology now is in very strong hands and that we are developing it by the day and we are keeping the edge we have on the market every day. So I would say I still manage the overall scientific strategy of the company, 
but definitely I became more an entrepreneur. So back to your question, I would say 66% an entrepreneur and maybe 33% researcher now. And I hope I will keep that 33% uh, for a long time because uh, this is a part of me that I like. Okay, well, thank you, really, and we'll we'll look forward to following the progress of the company. And uh, you know, I think it's one that's very much at the forefront of the digitalization age in of of the energy sector. So it's be very interesting to follow progress. Um, what is Metroscope's latest news? As I was mentioning, we are opening our new offices uh, in the U.S. It's going to be in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. So if you know a little bit about the Washington, D.C. area, it's just on the other side of the Potomac River uh, in Virginia, close to the uh, uh, national airport. Uh, we're opening our offices there because Virginia Tech is also opening offices there. Uh, there's a big technical vibe happening uh, in Alexandria, and we feel that it's the right spot uh, to, uh, at the same time, get the direct flights to Paris uh, and get uh, a very exciting scientific community uh, in, in the D.C. area. And, and on top of that, obviously, I have two uh, Americans already working with Metroscope, and they are in the region. So, so that also makes sense regarding the existing four of Metroscope. Uh, then from Alexandria, I'm going to New York meeting with the French tech. So you have a huge French ecosystem uh, working uh, in deep technologies all over uh, the east coast of the US. So I'm going to meet with them, go to Toronto because uh, the Canada has a massive program to renovate uh, their uh, nuclear industry. And I, we definitely are part of that. Uh, and then uh, going, that's a big one, then going to Finland and then finally going to Abu Dhabi, uh, where I will be at the World Utility Congress uh, meeting with uh, various utilities from the Middle East, um, because they are also investing massively in the energy transition for the power plants. Uh, and like, for instance, as the UAE, they launched the uh, uh, energy strategy 2050, and their aim is to reach net zero by 2050. And, and we really think that we can help them uh, reach that goal. And so we are totally committed to, uh, to help them too. Okay, super. Thank you very much, Aurelian. Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.